0: Welcome to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. I'm Roger. My brothers and sisters in Christ join us every Thursday as we work out these three perspectives in our everyday lives. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you guys are going to be here joining us to be entertained, to get information, just to geek out, talk about stuff that's going on in the news today. It is the litany of topic. I am your co-host, Roger. Right now, it's going to be me solo, but we're going to have a lot of fun because there's a bunch of topics to get into. One of them is going to be the Last of Us TV show, the HBO spectacular show, by the way. I highly recommend it i'm only going to talk about the first one there's not too many spoilers in there this is a video game a famous very highly regarded sony video game that came out for place i know i remember playing some of it in playstation i did not play the whole entire game i have to um say that so i'm not an expert by any means on that this is starring pedro pascal bella ramsey gabriel luna this is The creators of the show, the guy who did the PlayStation video game, who created it, his name is Neil Duckman, and also Craig Mason, who's also a co-creator. So these two guys are incredible. Um, The guy who actually wrote the video game and came up with the video game, who's very involved with the actual video game, Neil, he's the one that you want on board if you're going to do adaptation, because he knows it front and back. And then you have the amazing... Craig Mazad, who did, if you guys haven't seen Chernobyl on HBO, that is an incredible show. One of the best that I've seen, I have to say that. It's really good. It's haunting. It's uh, very dark, but it's very interesting. I think there's a lot of stuff that this show has a lot of potential. And just seeing the first episode, like I said, if you haven't seen the first episode, there's not too much spoilers that's going on. But if you're familiar with the game, you already know what's going on. The the thing that really struck me from this show is the tension, the tension that's always looming. It's always, you don't know what's really going on in the beginning, but it's hovering over you. It's inescapable, that tension, it just gets you, you're always on edge. And I love shows like that. It, they People are going about their lives and every day, the normal before the, the, the catalyst happens, And I think they set it up perfectly because in the code open was incredible. It it starts off like in the 1960s and then it flash forwards to uh, 2003. And the code open was really great. I know the two creators, they kind of had a tug of war of how to start the show. One of them wanted to make a video kind of similar to the actual Sony PlayStation game, the way it starts. You know, there's an ant and it's kind of showing how this fungus takes over and all of that the one of the creators the creator of chernobyl had an idea like let's do it this way and when the other creators saw it they're like yeah we definitely got to go and it's an incredible code open and let me play let me play a bit for it here for you guys and that's your biggest worry
1: yes any kind of virus but most probably something similar to influenza because of air travel through the air, coughing.
0: Uh, I'm sorry, I meant people
1: on planes. Uh, That was something you described in your book. Yes, a new virus in Madagascar, say, could be in Chicago within a matter of weeks, and we end up with a global pandemic. Pan meaning all, the whole world becomes sick all at once. Hmm.
0: And uh, Dr. Newman, you're also an epidemiologist. I presume the prospect of a viral pandemic keeps you up at night as well. No, No. No?
1: All right, well, that's our show. (laughs) No, mankind has been at war with the virus from the start. Sometimes millions of people die, as in an actual war, but in the end, we always win. Uh, But you, uh, just to be clear, you you do think microorganisms pose a threat? Oh, in the most dire terms. Bacteria? No. You like saying no? Yes. (laughs) Not bacteria, not viruses, so? Fungus. (laughs) Yes, that's the usual response. Fungi seem harmless enough? Many species know otherwise, because there are some fungi who seek not to kill, but to control. Let me ask you, where do we get LSD from? Where do you get it from? (laughs) It comes from ergot, a fungus, psilocybin. Also a fungus. Viruses can make us ill, but fungi can alter our very minds. There's a fungus that infects insects, gets inside an ant, for example, travels through its circulatory system to the ant's brain and then floods it with hallucinogens, thus bending the ant's mind to its will. The Fungus starts to direct the ant's behavior, telling it where to go, what to do, like a puppeteer with a marionette, and it gets worse. The fungus needs food to live, so it begins to devour its host from within, replacing the ant's flesh with its own. But it doesn't let its victim die, no. It it keeps its puppet alive by preventing decomposition. How? Where do we get penicillin from? Fungus. <laughs> oh. Dr.
0: Schoenheist, you're in distress. Fungal
1: infection of this kind is real, but not in humans. True, fungi cannot survive if its host's internal temperature is over 94 degrees, and currently, there are no reasons for fungi to evolve to be able to withstand higher temperatures, but what if that were to change? What if, for instance, the world were to get slightly warmer? Well, now, there is reason to evolve. One gene mutates, and an ascomycetia, candida, ergot, cordyceps, aspergillus, any one of them could become capable of burrowing into our brains and taking control, not of millions of us, but billions of us. Billions of puppets with poisoned minds permanently fixed on one unifying goal. To spread the infection to every last human alive by any means necessary. And there are no treatments for this. No preventatives. No cures. They don't exist. It's not even possible to make them. So if that happens... We lose. Uh, We'll be back
0: tense scene we all just kind of live through the pandemic right and you see this uh, thing of a fungus fungi the cordyceps is what takes over and there's different stages like the first stage uh it's almost like you can can people compare it to like walking dead right kind of like zombies kind of um they they're called runners that's like the first stage um usually people who are immune compromise you can get it by being bit or being exposed to this the, the fungus the, the spores so if you get infected uh runners they call them runners and then there's the next level there's stalkers there's clickers there's all these different types so this is in a post-apocalyptic world right that has humans fighting humans as well as all the dangers that are out there and this show is very good. It's really incredible. The acting is superb. Uh, The director, the tone of the whole movie or show, it's a very good tone. And like, I'm all here for that. And you see the theme that these guys are going for is a privation of love. Like what happens when people misread or have a misguided thing of love? Love is to will, the good of other. But some people don't see it like that. Some people see love as a, a, a different way. And what they're trying to get at is uh, what love can do horrible things as well, or what they miss, uh, what they misinterpret as love. They can do horrible things. You see like children, fathers, uh, mothers, people, parents with their kids, no matter what, like there's evil people out there and they love each other. Right. In a sense. So that love could drive you to do things that you didn't think you were capable of doing. And this show is going to highlight through the seasons the dark side of what they perceive as love, right? So this show is very incredible. I really highly recommend this. Next up on the litany of topics, I wanted to talk about this. This is the via the New York Post. A French court ruling that a Virgin Mary statue be removed is ridiculous. Let me read the article. A small French town will be forced to remove a statue of the Virgin Mary after a regional court ruled that it violated a century-old law that forbids religious monuments in public spaces. Wow. So this is crazy that this town, they're ordered to take down the statue after a complaint was filed by this group. And they're dedicated to have the, the misguided separation of church and state. Very, very misguided is what I could say is the, the the thing people constantly misuse, this group, that that's their whole concern is church versus state, right? They're trying to separate it. And, and there's actually another story, another that's going to come up that kind of ties to this. But to me, I kind of find this, yeah, of course, church versus state. There's that. But actually, I see it as in beauty is dangerous to the postmodernist, right? I've said this before, but from the great Bishop Barron, he has a statement that says there's something unthreatening about beauty. Just look at the 16th chapel ceiling or the Pantheon or the cathedrals or the Picasso. Just read the divine comedy Hamlet or the Wasteland. Just watch Mother Teresa's sisters working in the slums of Calcutta or Roy Mackerel's golf swing and the movements of the ballet dancers. All of these, a sort of alchemy in the soul. And they awaken a desire to participate, to emulate, and finally to share. Hans von Bonvoeffer, one of the great advocates of aesthetic approach to religion, says that the beauty claims the viewer changes him, then sends him on mission. And we find that, right? The church, of course, we say, what do we say? God, right? When we talk about this, the truth, the good, the beautiful, the true, the good, and the beautiful. And I kind of see this as that. It's not just... A uh, strictly separation of church and states. Um, this group that's anti-religious, obviously, trying to take over, which is very sad. An attack on a beauty. Like how much more beautiful is it for a the Blessed Virgin Mary statue to be there, right? To have this this iconography of, of the statue in the public square and this monument, right? This monument has been there forever since. Thank goodness, one of the mayors is saying that this is this is ridiculous. This is a historical heritage for the people, but now this court is battling with this, and I think it's very, very sad to see something like this. an attack on beauty, like I've been saying. That's all postmodernism is is to destroy the truth, obviously the good. And the beautiful, whether it be the truth as in saying lies or pretending, you know, that, that men could have baby, that story will come up later. Men could have babies. Uh th- the good, right? Morality, you know, wh- what is sex for? What is marriage? You know, and then of course the beautiful, the art, the stuff that that captures that got that beautiful sun, the beautiful mountain, beautiful painting, not this. Not this weird postmodernist, like a trash can or, or a bag floating, that's art. You know what I mean? Like, oh, look at this this piece of gum stuck to this popsicle. It's standing upright, and that's art. You know, that's not that's not what we're talking about. Like, two-year-old could do something like that and called it art in this postmodernism thing. So very sad news. I found this very interesting and very cool because um Antoine Fouqua, the director, he is pinned to direct the Michael Jackson biopic, and it's beginning to shoot this year, sometime this year. So, wow, that that's pretty cool news because Antoine Fuqua, like I love the movies that he comes out with. You know, you have him coming out directing a Training Day. Obviously, that won Denzel Washington his first Oscar. You have I really enjoyed, really, really enjoyed. The Equalizer movies with Denzel, Equalizer 1, Equalizer 2. And they're actually coming out with Equalizer Part 3 this year. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, I also liked it when he did Tears of the the Sun with Bruce Willis, like a Special Force Navy SEALs action uh, movie. I really enjoyed that. I'm not saying it's a great movie, but it's really good. Tears of the Sun with Bruce Willis going in the jungle, Navy SEALs. There's Rebels. They're in Africa, jungle, all that stuff like that. Really cool. Um, Antoine Fuqua is really cool. I, I really like him, and I've heard also that he's a really, really great guy. I, I've heard that, that he's a really great guy, so that's good to hear something like that. But, um, the principal photography is going to start in 2023, it's going to be produced by a uh, Graham King Oscar. This guy won an Oscar for The Departed. Uh, he's also been nominated for, for the, uh, the Aviator Hugo, so like bohemian rap city this is pretty cool so i really trust the team behind there so if it's antoine fuqua and graham king like this is gonna be good the only thing is like how how is it gonna go like is it gonna show the ugly because there's a lot of controversy about michael jackson i haven't seen the documentary uh finding or Le- leaving netherland uh, or finding neverland anyway but i've seen the weird creepy <laughs> creepy interviews it's almost like Scary Movie 3, remember that scene with the Michael Jackson one? That's weird. Uh, But anyway, uh, it's very controversial, right? And I actually haven't digged into the Michael Jackson stuff. I haven't really dug it, so I don't really know. All I can say is I lean towards some bad stuff happened, really horrific stuff. So how are we going to do this? How are we going to separate the music from the guy? But there's some good news, though. This is written by uh, John Logan, who actually did Skyfall. So, you know what I mean? Like, let's see how we're going to do the King of Pop movie that's going to happen. So, uh, Logan, I trust the writer. Again, this team is so great. He also uh, he also wrote Gladiator, uh, the Aviator. So, this team has worked well with each other, you know, or at least a producer and writer. I mean, Antoine Fuqua coming in. I really love the team. So, the team, I'm I'm all for this. But I hope they don't sugarcoat this. That's the main thing. Not to sugarcoat. Next up on the litany of topic, I wanted to talk about this article that was written from the Washington Examiner, and the headline is, How the Catholic Church Helped Shape the Anti-Abortion Movement in America. Reading from the article, from its inception in 1974, the annual March for Life has been a surefire place to encounter a host of Catholic clergy, laymen nuns and monks as the largest christian denomination in the united states the catholic church has settled itself at the forefront of the nation's anti-abortion movements for decades from policy advocacy at the state and nation levels to praying and protesting outside abortion clinic- clinics to maintaining a wide network of services for pregnant women and infants in towns and cities across the country Patrick Kelly, the Supreme Knight of the Knights of Columbus, told the Washington Examiner that his organization was ready to take steps to provide assistance to pregnant women in need. For years, the organization has purchased ultrasound machines for crisis pregnancy centers. In a post-Role world, so much of the work that needs to happen is going to happen on the state level, Kelly says. It's going to happen in a pregnancy resource center or a maternity home. So that's part of what the Knights of Columbus has done. And the article goes and on and on. So again, this is from the Washington Examiner. Um, I really love this. Of course, obviously the March for Life just happened. The media ignores it like it never happened. They put their blind on their blinders on and just ignore it and move on to other stuff. So it's really good to hear. But I, I just wanted to touch on this. The comment that I had about this is like how the abortion movement uh, to, to be pro-life is great. And also, but we need to also see the roots behind it also, not just the the, the outcomes, but also uh, contraception very much, very much leads to abortion. And you might say, well, what, Roger, how can that be? Like, wait a minute, what, doesn't that prevent abortions? No, countless of different studies and common sense as, as well shows that contraception contributes to abortions. Because it makes it like a free license. If there's, you know, maybe women and and men that that are are single or sleeping around, or even if they're married, you know, they're, they're wanting to mess around and they're like, Hey, you know, we have birth control. So, Hey, you know what, like, it's okay. It's a free license to, to not be invested, not be invested in a real true relationship. Right. Just going out there, uh, random one night stands or whatever, or uh, friends with benefits. It gives you a license, a false sense of security to think, oh, there won't be an unplanned pregnancy because we have contraception, which leads to unplanned pregnancy and therefore abortion. But it's very interesting that. Uh, the Catholic church has been in the forefront of, of, of this, this movement, but there are other, a lot of Christians that have come on board recently in the last few decades. And that's good because I want to talk about, talk about like before the 1930s, like every, um like 99% of all Christian denominations, it wasn't just the Catholic church. All of them denounced uh, contraception, but it wasn't until the Anglican church was the first church, at the Lambeth Conference in 1930 to okay the the use of contraceptions in marriage only. And then later it was like, well, okay, for other cases too. Uh, and then everyone else, other the American Protestants followed suit after that in 1931. So it wasn't until that time the Anglican church was the first and for forever, forever the Catholic church has held steady. Even in the sexual revolution, you had Humane Vitae come out and everyone thought like, Oh, the church is going to change their minds, but no Pope Paul. He's like, uh, no, it's not going to happen. So the Catholic church has been steady in, in the movement. And so I'm glad to see our other Christian brothers and sisters finally joining the fight. And I think this, this is only good. It can only get better. You know, our other topic, I did say that there's going to be a foreshadowing of of another topic when it comes to the the Virgin Mary statue of being taken down. So this is coming from Fox News. The title reads, Atheist Groups accuse Indiana Sheriff's Office of Pushing Christianity on Inmates After Hundreds Have Been Baptized. Baptized? What is that? (laughs) Baptized? That's something else. Okay, uh, so, (coughs) so it reads, it continues, a prominent atheist group has issued multiple complaints accusing the Indiana Sheriff's Office of pushing Christianity onto its inmates after hundreds of detainees have been baptized in recent, in recent years. An attorney from the Wisconsin-based Freedom From Religion Foundation has fired off multiple letters to the county sheriff's. David Durant accusing uh, Decatur County Detention Center of multiple constitutional violations by promoting Christianity and coercing detainees into participating in religious exercise. The Sheriff's Office posted photos of its Facebook group of a dozen of its inmates being baptized. What a great way to celebrate Christmas and New Year's. DCDC chaplain David Burnett, along with REC members, baptized nearly 40 men and women After a personal public profession of Jesus Christ in their lives, the post reads, over the past four years, nearly 300 men and women have given their life to Jesus Christ while incarcerated at Decatur County Detention Center. All glory to God. Whoa, horrible people, right? Travesty. This is how dare people in prison who who are at the, the bottom of the barrel, who hit rock bottom, how dare they decide to follow Jesus Christ in their heart? Horrible this is just, this is unacceptable. How dare this? Tyrannical. How again, they're not coercing anybody. Let's do a test. Let's do the eye test. How many atheists or non non-religious, how many secular groups are going and ministering to people in prisons and jails? You'd be surprised. Look it up. It's not. It's almost it's virtually, virtually zero. It's there are a few, but virtually zero compared to Catholics other Christians denominations, especially there's a Kobe ministry. I know people personally, the good, good men personally that are very much involved in the prison ministry. They do the Kobe ministry. They're always praying for the inmates. Whenever we have prayer, they're, they're offering up the, the suffering of the inmates they're teaching. And again again, two personal good friends that are doing great work, uh, trying to push more, advocate more to help, to help, these people, to educate the people if they want it. So this is great prison ministry. I know they don't like it, but um, hundreds and hundreds of being baptized in Indiana Sheriff's Office, I think that's great in the detention center. So this is is all just nonsense. That's all it is. So it's funny that i talked about like you know ch- separation of church and state you hear that over and over but what people don't realize is back then hundreds of there's a little bit of history lesson history lesson time but like one of the battlegrounds hundreds of years ago was jefferson's and thomas jefferson's county of virginia where the anglican church had been like the established church there right in that part and jefferson along with uh james madison you know they wanted to 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 separate the church and state they thought it was improper for like the anglican church to be like the one dominant one so they had this uh the bill of rights that came in included religious liberty and a lot of them if you read the actual uh, I was going to say church fathers not church fathers the american fathers right the constitutional fathers if you read them it was always that the government cannot establish an official religion, like you can't be like Pentecostal, right? Like if you're like, all right, get everybody, we're gonna be Pentecostal. Everybody has to have pet snakes or something like that. Well, I don't know. I'm to with my my Pentecostal brothers and sisters, just jokes, you know, just just fun-hearted jokes, you know, or whatever. You're like all right, Baptists, we're all gonna, you know, th- th- now the whole country, you must, uh, the the official religion is Baptist, you know, and you can't drink only when nobody's looking. Then you can drink all you want, you know, nothing like that. Or Catholic, you know, all right, Catholics, everyone has to go to mass and everything like that. It, it was to protect one particular Christian domination from from being the whole the whole enforcer or the the official religion, right? It wasn't to say, hey, um, the re- uh, religion has no part in public life. That's actually not true. the The fathers, the American fathers, have always taught about religious freedom. You you can't just be like, okay, only as long as it's in your room, as long as it's in your home as long as it's in your church, but you better not step on the street or you better not be in public talking about Jesus. You better not do that. No, that's not, historically, that's not what it was used for. That was not what, in fact, a lot of the fathers, the American fathers, the founding fathers used to say that it was mainly to keep the government out of religion, to keep the government from influencing religion. That's what it was meant to be. It's funny that they don't, teach none of that in in our schools because you could see that it's it's history it's easy it's it never was meant to be the like anti-religion no it again the american fathers were deists like yeah some people like oh they weren't some of them weren't christian but they were deist and a lot of some of them were christian right but again they were very um god-centered in 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 what they wanted to do like they even said uh, one of the american fathers said like this type of republic that we have, right? That are not a democracy, this type of republic in America cannot work without people that are moral and believe in God. Like it's it's written in there. So it's it's crazy that, that this, you know, atheist group will complain about people being baptized. All right, moving on, comicbook.com has a story headline. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers original Pink Ranger reveals why she won't be returning for a upcoming Netflix reunion. And, you know, I'm all for that. Um, I'm 36 years old. Power Rangers, that's my jam. You know, the Red Ranger, the Green Ranger, you know, tragically uh, passed away, uh, I think a month or two ago. So but man, when I was young, I had like a huge crush on Amy Jo Johnson, who played the original Pink Ranger. So, like, I remember the movie. That was, like, a movie called Susie Q or something like that. Like, I just – she was, like, one of my first crush that I remember as being a kid. Like, I just loved the Peak Ranger. It was so cool. But, uh, like, I thought I was going to date her. I was like, yeah, 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 she's my girlfriend and stuff like that. And I grow up, I'll date. You know, so anyway. But, like, the news broke that these actors uh, were going to have a reunion special on Netflix. So, don't cancel your subscription yet, guys, because it's going to be titled Once and Always. But people were asking, well, of course, the Green Ranger is not going to be there. But what about the Pink Ranger? Amy Jo Johnson has told them that the producers failed to offer her a fair amount to suit up. So paying her the right amount of money that that she was asking for, saying that she wasn't paired, uh, paid paid that she wasn't paid fair. This is quoting from her. For the record, I never said no. I just didn't say yes to what they offered. But other fun stuff is in store. Looking forward to watching my friends kick, well, I'm going to say the word, kick butt, I guess. But yeah, so uh, apparently she wasn't offered the right amount of money. She wasn't offered her fair share that at least she believes that she is. Um, I mean, you got to have her. You don't have the Green Ranger, the White Ranger, Tommy, right? You don't You don't have him. You. I think you have to make a play to go for the original Pink Ranger because other than the Green Ranger, like she's pr- the third – famous one you know after uh jason tommy and jason i mean you have to have kimberly right you have to have that so as again somebody who grew up watching the power rangers i'm very much interested in this well another thing from my childhood uh this is again from comicbookmovie.com batman mask of the phantasm producer bruce tim explains why watching beloved watching his beloved movie makes him cringe so I just kind of sad to see. Like, why does it make him cringe? You know, Bruce Timms, the guy who produced the award Emmy award winning TV show in the '90s, Batman the animated series. It, it, uh, the DC animated universe has very been popular. So, Mask of the Phantasm was released on Christmas Day in 1993. It didn't make a lot of money. It only made like five million dollars. But man, it's a good movie. It's very dark too. It's like I was watching this, and I was like, a dude gets like killed by a statue like squashing him or something like that people get like gutted it's crazy it's like a cartoon but it's like very dark the joker's scary in the movie so it's crazy it's a cult classic it's one of the best best films of the dark knight on screen and it's a comic book but you had this interview with the legendary bruce tim and meeting admitting that it makes him cringe let me read from the article explaining that the original plan called for batman masking the phantasm was for it to be a small-screen special. Tim revealed that Warner Brothers then requested it to be released theatrically during the mists of pre-production that left the team scrambling to make some big changes. It had all been formatted for the old-school TV ratio, which was practically a square. I was like, what the heck are we going to do? Left with only eight months to finish Batman and Mask of the Phantasm and a mere $6 million budget, The movie was finished, but Tim remains unhappy with the finished result. Quote, when I see it, I just cringe. It's like like 90% there. I just wish I had the last 10%. So apparently he wasn't given enough time. Like, it was rushed. Um, He wanted to make it more theatrical. Um, I guess the aspects ratio, which is like the typical, there's different ratios. And so... They they had it in the typical uh TV style, so I guess if you imagine putting that on a big screen screen, it wouldn't look so good. But I mean, the story's there. The story is absolutely there. But I see what he's saying about. It. Imagine if it was more like of a cinematic adaptation. Um, I'm not saying it would have made like Star Wars numbers or Avengers. It wouldn't have made 200 million, but I, I guarantee you it would have made more than five million dollars if they had the proper, more cinematic tone, the cinematic ratio versus the square TV fit for TV movie kind of thing. So I get what he's saying, but he has nothing to be cringe about. Batman Mask of the Phantasm is one of the best one of the best DC animated movies out there. All right, so that's enough of the lighthearted stuff. Now let's get back to the darker stuff. Um uh this has been going around in news so like apparently apparently people want to take uh live donors of a uterus, people that want to donate their uterus, uh also known as women, uh their their organ to be placed in a male body so that they can carry a child. So again, they want a uterine transplant. And this was actually, they, they had something similar in 2000. I think, in, of all places, Saudi Arabia, something like that, right? So you wouldn't think that happened, but there, there's been attempts at this. They've tried to do this. This isn't the first time, right? This has been up in the air. So, like living donors, this is the first, this is more new that for the first time, because bat, it was like dead, you know, people that passed away, their uterus, and they try to transplant it to some, a living person. But now, they're starting only in, in the recent year or two, they've been starting to think about living donors donating their uterine for a uterus transplant to be transplanted into men so that they could give birth. I mean, this is just sick, right? Like, it's just, it, no, no, stop it. What are you doing? Like, stop, stop it, stop it. I just want to like smack the like, stop, stop it. You stop that right now. Like, just because you put a uterus in your body to carry a baby that that still doesn't make you a a woman right and i guess this is for like 99 it's for 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 uh uh, trans people that um maybe a man thinks he's a woman and wants to like now they're breastfeeding and stuff like that right so like (sighs) that meet the fuckers is i got nipples can you milk me huh huh oh you i know you kind of reminds me of that but now they're they want to carry a baby to term. And this is just playing God. It's not, not even playing God, playing like a very weird, like fumbling, idiotic, like just messed up, crazy version of God. Like this is not it. Like that's not do this. Just because like if I were to get transplant, I don't care the best science. And if I were to get gills transplanted on me, that still doesn't make me a fish. You know, like I still can't go in the water. I don't care what you do. Put like, put me in a mermaid body, right? Give me like a, a, from waist down mermaid body, put gills on me. I'm not a fish. I'm still a human being. You can't change the nature of that, right? So a woman is someone who's an adult human being who is naturally ordered to procreation. And just to take the uterus out of a woman, especially a living donor, that's horrible. And give it to a man to carry a baby. I mean, come on, this is, it's ridiculous. I want to get into this other story. This has been like a, a Twitter thing that's been going on. Uh, something on Twitter, big news, uh, actually not surprising at all. Uh, but there was a screenshot of Father James Martin, who's is an infamous Jesuit, who's very much promoting things that are against the church, but he goes unpunished. But uh, Father James Martin on his Twitter, uh, I had to see it through a, a pictures because for some reason I said I said one thing one time like two years ago like one thing and I got blocked. Like one I didn't even say anything bad. I just said, let's pray for father that he repents. And then boom, like all of a sudden just blocked by Father James Martin. So I can't see anything he puts, but somebody screenshot it. And a lot of people screenshotted it because I guess a lot of people are blocked. So on his Twitter, his official Twitter account, Father James Martin, who's who's supposed to represent the Catholic Church, right? Um, and in one of the articles, there's an article from uh, the, the Catholic League, um, and they put, does Buttigieg, and talking about Pete Buttigieg, the, what is he, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, um, it says the article is like, does, does Pete Buttigieg really have a husband, question mark? And the Catholic League president says pretty much that that he, he may have a husband in, in legally, but he doesn't really, he's not really married. So pretty much, no, he doesn't. And James Martin took that article with that headline and James Martin quote tweeted it and said, he does have a husband implying that he is married, but we know like what is marriage, right? It's a it's a part. We just had Trent Horn, the great, great, amazing Trent Horn, on last show. Check that out. It was so fun. We talked about DC movies, and he helped defend what is marriage, right? So we talked about that. So check out the Trent Horn episode from last week. But marriage is a particular thing, right? Marriage is a thing. It's it's a particular thing uh, with a man and a woman ordered towards creation, creating and the rearing of children. It is not. Uh, two people that love each other, that, that may be a part of it, but it's not just any two persons that love each other. Boom. That's a marriage. You know, there's a lot of people that, that, that two people love each other, get married, two sisters could love each other, live with each other. They're not married. Right. So it's a particular thing. And, Pete Buttigieg, is, is, it's impossible for him to be married. One of the functions of being able to be married is being able to consummate the marriage, right? To have the sexual relationship because we're made for that, right? Man and woman, the parts fit, right? I don't have to like draw it out if I have to draw it out for you guys, but you see the parts fit right? like a puzzle. And a, a man and a man, It's we're not being mean. We're not being like, oh, we just don't like that. It's like literally the parts don't fit. They they're incapable of having sex. They can do sexualized things, or mimic a, a, a mockery, or mimicry of sex, sexual things, but they aren't actually having sex. And that's one of the pre prerequis- Like I'm not I'm even going to say that name. I can't. I say, can't say that word. The one of the requirements for marriage is to have to be able to consummate, right? Have sex is not having sex with his legally uh, so-called husband. Therefore, he's not married, right? Like you cannot, it's pretty simple. But Father James Martin continues, continues to scandalize. And hopefully the church does something for this because this is very scandalous. Father James Martin, we need to pray for him. I want to be charitable, right? Let's pray for him, right? And I don't mean this in a bad way. I truly, truly want him to knock it off, right? I truly do. Um, So let's pray for that again Check out the episode with Trent Horn. He'll teach you how to defend marriage and have marriage in a conversation. What is sex? All of that. Okay, let's move on to the next story. And this is coming via, again, the New York Post. This is the headline. Attacks against Catholic churches approached 300 incidents since May 2020, report claims. So, reading again. Hundreds of Roman Catholic Church has been attacked since the violence erupted nationwide following George Floyd's death in May 2020, according to the Catholic nonprofit. The attacks against churches have included arson, broken windows, decapitated statues, and satanic graffitis. Some 118 incidents have been logged since May 2020, leak of the draft Supreme Court decision in Dobbs. Uh, versus Jackson health organization, which overturned Roe versus Wade, the federal abortion procedures. While some of the attacks involved death, the vast majority recorded incidents, simply destruction of property, which the group said indicates that there's primarily motive, that the primary motive is not material game. The report says it is very horrible. Now I'm not going to, obviously I'm not going to compare it to the French revolution, which was really horrible, the French Revolution that developed into the reign of terror under Maximilian Robespierre in 1793, which was horrible. And in a year later, the government arrested like the Carmelites and detained them in parish where they're executed by a guillotine. It was a horrible look in. Nobody talks about that again. Another Rogers History Lessons. Look into the reign of terror, the French Revolution, where it killed so many people, primarily the Catholic Church, Christians. It was horrible. And um, obviously I'm not saying that this this mimics that, all right? This is nothing compared to that. But um, anti-Christian Uh, Anti-religious, particularly Christianity and particularly Catholicism, is one of the last acceptable prejudice. You know, you can't be racist, you can't be prejudiced against that group, against this group, against whatever. I even heard a a new recent term, um, uh, instead of disabled, you're supposed to say, like, differently abled. Persons or something like that. I just heard that. So we have all this stuff, but except one, except one, we can disrespect, except one. It's okay to have a prejudice against, and that's Christianity, particularly Catholicism. It's one of the last ones that's acceptable. It's like, ah, it's all right. We can make fun of Jesus. We can make skits, comedy things, make fun of the Christians, make fun of Jesus, all that stuff. It's acceptable, right? And as us, of course, as Christians, God doesn't need to defend himself, right? You just need to just let the lion out of the cage. The lion doesn't need to be defended. The lion of Judah, you just let it out of his cage. That's all you need to do. Just preach God. That's it. Preach Jesus You don't need to defend him. Of course, I'm not talking about, like, debates if you're really having conversations and like, hey, well, what about this? Okay, well, you know, I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking in general. It doesn't get me filled with anger because it's God. He doesn't need to be – it's just discouraging. It's annoying. It's more annoying than angry. It doesn't get me angry. It gets me more annoyed that there's this acceptable – prejudice against christians you know all my brothers and uh brothers and sisters in christianity whether you're 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 a baptist whether you're, you're you're calvin you know no matter what denomination you are like we just get made fun of you know right the church jesus god the bible all that stuff and you know it it's just it's more of annoying than than anger uh but this is gonna this could turn really really dark really really fast the pregnancy centers have been vandalized, bombed. The FBI doesn't just sit on their hands. You know what I mean? The FBI is like kind of busy, busy, uh, um, uh, joining the KKK and and joining these right wing extremist groups, which the FBI kind of makes up most of them because it's all undercover agents, right? And so, like, I, yeah, all right. Well, let's go into our last story from uh, Litany of Topics. Once again, um, thank you guys for joining me. So, last. This one's kind of disturbing, not disturbing. This one's uh, disappointing. Sorry, wrong word. This is disappointing. The whole Steven Crowder beef with the Daily Wire, if you guys have heard of that. Well, Steven Crowder turned down $50 million over four years to be with the daily Wire, be with the daily wire, citing that they are in bed with big, big tech companies saying that um daily wire wrote the contract and it's all open. You can look it up. Uh, Jeremy boring. Who's one of the CEOs, the heads of the daily wire. He, he literally read the contract on air. If you could look it up on YouTube. And honestly, I think it's a fair deal. I think it's a good deal. Uh, I think Steven Crowder is wrong on this one. You know, he, he, they offered him $50 million over four years to work four days a week, four-week paid vacation. And if he gets demonetized, there's penalties, which makes sense because uh, unfortunately, we have to play by the rules, right? We have to not play by the rules, but we have to use certain things. We We have to we like uh, for example i'm watching hbo right i watched last of us love the content there or not all of it but uh there's a lot of great shows i don't like the messaging on like 70 or 90 percent of all the shows but i understand storytelling and i just ignore the garbage i'm like ah whatever you guys can't mess you know i'm mature in my mind to not be corrupted by these horrible um influences so i can protect myself from that stuff but I'm still watching HBO Max, and I wish I can be at a level where I'm like, you know what, uh, Disney, HBO, Netflix—they hate our values. I'm not going to watch them. One day I want to get there. Right now I'm not. Right, <laughs> right now I'm right now. I love the, the you know, the the, the shows and, and and the Marvel movies and all that. Hopefully I'll get there. But but we have to use a platform, right? There's a lot of stuff that. Um, our our cell phone companies, they hate us too. A lot of them, right. They donate to, to pro choice, all that stuff, but we have to live in the world as well. Right. We would like literally not be able to buy any brands because they're all, you know, corrupt or whatever. So in in this, again, Steven Crowder, very successful. Uh, one of the biggest, um, conservative shows on YouTube, man, if I could get offered, you know what? I won't even take 50 million. Just give me, if you give me 1 million, hell half of that for five, 10 years, I would take it like that. So like, I think this was real crazy too, because they've been friends, him, uh, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, and for Steven Crowder to secretly record Jeremy Boring and then air it out on YouTube. I think that's, I think that's wrong as a friend, you don't do that. Right. You don't. And then um, this is just bad for, for, for all the conservatives because uh, I was checking out some, I know I should. And I was like, you get brain dead, but like watching the young Turks, which I don't watch a lot. I think I've watched like two, three videos from them. Uh, but it's a very, uh, you know, left winging media outlet. And all the people on, on the other side were just loving this. They were loving that Steven Crowder and the Daily Wire, who's who's the Daily Wire has done so much good. The Loudoun County investigation with the transgender bathroom. Um the pro-life movement what is a woman they've done so like phys- they've literally done actual stuff they actually make real change and i think this is this is bad that these two are fighting steven crowder and daily wire so i hope they get this solved uh revolved pretty fast because the uh, the enemy well, and when i say enemy i don't mean you're supposed to you know love our enemies i'm not saying they're and you, you get what i'm saying like the people who are against them right the people who are against them on the other side they're loving this i've i've been reading the comments they're loving it they're getting their popcorn they're loving this so you're we're pl- there they are playing right into their hands so i think this civil war in the conservative media civil war that's going on you know who you're gonna who are you gonna take you're gonna be on captain america's side you're gonna be on iron man's side i don't know i don't know who's captain america in this instance or tony stark but this civil war hopefully it stops so uh, that's all I have for today. This has been the Litany of Topics. Thank you for listening to Faith, Reason, and Geekdom. Again, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Leave us a five-star rating. Um, give us a review. Share us with your friend. I really do appreciate Thank you guys for listening so much. If you guys could pray for me and Dusty, pray for the show. God bless. God love you.